hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hey, Courier Nation, welcome back once again. And before I get started, one thing I want to throw out, um, something I want to ask you to think about. Uh, in some places, uh, there are some, some areas where there's kind of a thing going on today. It's called Giving Tuesday. You know, as I record this and publish this, it's on Tuesday. It doesn't matter if it's Tuesday or not. But if you're able to help out somebody somewhere as a part of that, think about doing that if you could. You know, in the middle of, we, we've been fortunate, a lot of us anyway, in our industry have been fortunate because we can keep delivering. And right now I'm just thinking about like the nonprofits out there that they're doing good work. They're doing some different things, but this is, this is affecting them as much as it is, as it is other businesses and things like that. So if it's something that you're able to help somebody out somewhere along the way, please, you know, think about that and see if there's somebody else, somebody that you can help out on giving Tuesday. Folks, I want to ask this question. How have these companies, between DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, how have they been as companies? What have they done better? What have they done worse since this pandemic started? I wanted to just talk about maybe the changes that I've noticed with a couple of these companies here, a couple of the changes that I've seen, and um, you know, see, see what it looks like for our industry. If you follow me closely, you know that I can kind of geek out at times just talking about business models and different things like that, because how companies do things has always been a fascinating thing to me. And um, I've written at times about things like cloud kitchens. I've talked about ideas about how these companies could change things up and delivery and be more efficient and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't want this to sound wrong, but because the bottom line, I would never, never be a fan of this, I can't call this pandemic a good thing or anything, but there's something that I have kind of enjoyed about this time. And it has been this watching businesses, watching how they respond, seeing how they adapt, seeing the innovations that have happened when this uh, coronavirus just threw this huge curveball at them. And I've been really impressed by how some have responded. I've seen, you know, stores getting innovated. I talked, you know, about how I wish uh, restaurants would learn from my experience when I went to a Best Buy. And uh, just how in, how in f- incredibly efficient they were, at least where I was at, and dealing in a, in a situation where the city and state said, no, people can't go into the stores anymore, but they found a way to still do business with curbside pickup, and they were so efficient at doing that. I've appreciated the way that some restaurants have kind of retooled themselves for delivery and making themselves more efficient for pickup with the delivery apps and the different things like that. And they've done it in a way that was safe for both themselves and for us as drivers. And so, yeah, I've seen a lot of things that I've really kind of enjoyed watching, you know, just watching how people think through and they think outside of the box and they find ways to get around what life has been throwing at them. So let's ask this question. How about Grubhub, DoorDash, and Postmates? How did they do? Now, normally I'd throw, or I'm sorry, Grubhub, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. Now, normally I would throw Postmates into the discussion, but... The reality is, I don't know, because I haven't been delivering for them lately. And so, but I don't feel that bad about not knowing because it's just stuff with Postmates that I don't like. But um, I would like to hear from somebody who is doing Postmates and find out what your observations are. You know, has Postmates improved or have they gotten worse at certain things? 
And, um, you know, if you listen to some of the stuff that I talk about with these other three companies, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts and, and your ideas on that. So if you can leave a comment about Postmates, if you deliver Postmates, and uh, tell me if they've gotten better or if they've gotten worse. Now, I, I've heard that recently they stripped away any kind of pretense of a minimum payout pay now. Uh, I've heard of deliveries getting down to the $2 range. And even after their last pay model change, they still wouldn't go below $3 while I was still doing them. So, you know, I, but that's what I've heard. So if I'm wrong on that, you know, you can let me know there. But, um, you know, how did they get better? How did they get worse? Now, here's the thing that I'm going to give you this warning as I go into this. This is all my observation. It's a lot of opinion, very opinionated opinion, you know. I mean, this is this is opinion on opinion. And so some of what I'm telling you is informed by already strong opinions that I've held one way or the other. You know, there's a part of me that says, okay, I should probably be more objective going in here. And there's a part of me that after dealing with some of these companies and what they do and the fact that they don't fix some of these issues that are huge issues – you know, I've started to get to a point where it's kind of like to heck with being objective. I'm just going to tell it how I see it. <laughs> so this is my evaluation of what I'm observing. And so I would love to hear from you as far as, you know, what are your thoughts? I, I always have a, an associated blog post uh, that's tied to this episode. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can go to entrecourier.com slash 70 because this is episode 70. So you can go to that and you can leave your comments in the comment section on that post, or you can email me and uh, I'll have contact information also on the show notes. Cause I'd love to hear your thoughts as far as, you know, do you see, see things very differently than the way I do? Very likely you do. And your, your opinions are just as valid or more than mine. Anyway, here's, here's kind of where I felt like that they all stood late last year. You can go back to episode 47, entrecourier.com slash 47, because uh, that's where I did what I called the delivery app throwdown. And I tried to compare the four different main delivery platforms, and each one had their strengths and weaknesses, and really they were all kind of close together, or most of them were. Grubhub had a very slight lead over the others. Uh, you know, at least one point system that I did, which probably has, you know, no scientific ability or anything behind it. It's just a system I put together. But Grubhub had a slight lead. DoorDash was very close behind and Uber Eats was very close in third. Postmates was trailing a little bit. Okay, okay maybe they were trailing a lot. But none of those three were really overwhelming as far as overall that much better than the others. Uh, each one had their strengths. Each one had their weaknesses. Very true today also. Now, since then, I would say that Uber Eats has been the one maybe making the biggest moves. And uh, when they, they had rolled out their new pay model, they were just rolling it out when I did that comparison. And the cut in the pay was horrible. Um, and I'm never a fan of the fact that they moved away from being transparent in their pay model. You know, and that was one drawback. Uh, the overall pay rate was slashed quite a bit, but they also added a lot of features that made them more comparable to the others. And uh, I think made them competitive again and made them, uh, there were a lot of things that it actually made them a good option for me as well. Now, right before everything started to blow up with, um, you know, in early March when they started canceling everything and all of a sudden everybody's staying home and all of this stuff right around that time was when I was doing, I was calling it the great Uber eats challenge. I had decided to dive in fully for a couple of different weeks on just 
you know, Uber Eats and then maybe just filling in a little bit with Grubhub and DoorDash. And the results for them were actually much, much better than I expected that they would be. I was very surprised at how well I was able to do. But now the question becomes, how did things go since this virus has hit the fan, you know? And so this is what I want to talk about a little bit. And I'll just talk about each one of them and just kind of give you my opinions as far as what they've done, what they've done well, what they haven't done well. I'll start off with DoorDash. I don't think DoorDash was ready for this. But one thing I'm going to say in DoorDash's favor, it seems to me like they were really the first to get serious about doing no contact deliveries. I think they were the first ones to really go all in on trying to make the deliveries as safe as possible. At least maybe they were the first to act like they were getting serious. Now, pretty early on, they stated they were going to make no contact a default setting. I'm not sure they did that real well, at least to begin with. And this is just typical for DoorDash. It took them a while, I think, to figure that out. I think for a while, you couldn't really tell. You know, they had, they had said that it was the default setting and that customers had to change it if it was not going to be a no-contact delivery. And I had, for a couple of weeks, I was hardly getting any no-contact deliveries. So I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the deal was with that. But I also ran into a lot of customers that, when it was no-contact, that they seemed like they didn't realize it was supposed to be. And I think it was kind of an issue that they were... They were trying to do it, but they didn't do a real great job for a little while. And I, I don't know that they were just not that good with the communication in both to the drivers and to the customers as far as what's going on. And uh, so I don't know if you've had any that were like that, you know, where you uh, contacted the customer and they were a little surprised that you left the stuff at the door. And uh, that's what I ran into is just sometimes they seemed a little confused. So I don't even know if they realized that that was the default. And, uh, you know, I think that was maybe, it was kind of a good and a bad with DoorDash that, that they were a little faster, I think, at responding to this, but maybe didn't do as good a job at communicating it while they were doing it. Now, in my experience, DoorDash was the first one to make any moves to try and offer any personal protective equipment to drivers. If you remember when this was blowing up, you know, getting hand sanitizer, getting masks was almost impossible, uh, Masks are starting to get a little better. Sanitizer is still kind of an issue. Uh, toilet paper is getting a little better at least. But, um, you know, and I think DoorDash was way out ahead of Grubhub and Uber Eats. I've still never received anything from Uber Eats as far as any offers to get anything from them. Grubhub, now they offered, they put out an email once and it only worked one time for me. I don't know if it's worked for anybody else, but DoorDash has been real consistent. Every week you could order some stuff. You didn't have to pay for it. All you had to pay for it was shipping. I know a lot of people were upset about the $5 for shipping, but I'm going to tell you something. Having done a lot of uh, eBay stuff and everything like that, $5 is a good price for shipping, okay? Um, it, just leave it at that. Now, it's not that they did it really well. And I think part of the problem is DoorDash is a spin machine, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so they did not lose any time trumpeting the fact that they're taking care of their drivers, except that they weren't. And I'll have a link in the show notes to something that I wrote. At one point, I saw, I wrote that uh, Tony Shu lied to me as a customer because uh, he sent out a letter to customers and he said, hey, we are sending out all this stuff to your drivers to make sure that they're safe and to make sure that you're protected. And they hadn't been doing that in my market yet. And so the deal was that they were rolling it out first. They were sending out equipment, uh, sanitizer and masks to people in 
the markets that were the heaviest hit or the, you know, in, in the worst situation to begin with, and then eventually started adding in other markets. So they hadn't started doing it in my market. And there was a way that, you know, to me, it almost kind of felt like we as drivers were being thrown under the bus because here they're telling the customers that they're giving us this stuff and, and drivers are showing up. They've got no masks. They've got no gloves, all that stuff. And it made us look bad. I understand it to a point, though, because getting that stuff is not easy. you got to remember, this is a time when sanitizer and masks is virtually impossible on a small scale. And for them to get enough for all of their drivers, it, it was impossible. It really was to get it then. I mean, hospitals are having trouble getting this stuff. You know what I mean? And so I think it was it was a very tall task for them to get a hold of the stuff they needed and be able to get that out to drivers. So I understand why my market wasn't in there to begin with. My beef with them was that they made it look like they were giving it to everybody when they weren't. So that was kind of an issue. I think the biggest thing, though, with DoorDash was they just weren't ready for this thing. You know, they had two major issues hitting them, and one is their crashes. Well, you know, I've said this a lot of times. I've called them door crash, but it just got worse. They have had more crashes. They've had more times where their app has gone down, where it's quit working, where they've just had issues. It's like all of their crashes before, but on steroids. And because you wouldn't think that it could get worse than what it has, but it did. The other issue they've got is a lack of support because DoorDash relies very heavily on, um, in particular, a call center in the Philippines for their customer and driver support. I mean, extremely heavily they rely on them. Uh, almost all of their support comes out of there. And the problem was when the Philippines were locked down far tighter, far worse than anything here in the United States, as a response to this pandemic, as far as their safety measures, all of a sudden DoorDash didn't have any support. I think all of these companies were impacted by that fact because they all rely on these over, overseas centers. And even when you rely on the call centers, you know, that, that are here in the States, the thing is you still have everybody crammed into this little room, you know, and then when social distancing and stay at home hits worldwide and all of a sudden you can't have all the people in a room together, that's going to impact you when you run support and whether or not you had the ability to pivot or not. I think DoorDash was the least prepared. And I wrote about that. I'll put a link to that article in there that they just, they weren't planning ahead. They weren't watching what was happening. And I think they did the worst job of preparing for what was happening and support really suffered. You know, and then of course you go back to the app. And I think, you know, the prevailing theory with, uh, that a lot of people have, I think with the problems that they've got with their app is just that they have grown so fast that their app just can't keep up with that growth. And a lot of the times when that crashes, it's when things are really super busy and it's like, it's like their system, whether it's their servers, whether or not, um, you know, whatever it is in there just can't handle the volume of the orders and it crashes and it just can't handle it. And I don't know what that all is going to mean for DoorDash when, it, when everything settles down, you know, is the inability on so many times to get food delivered because of the issues and the inability for people to contact support because they just didn't have any support and they didn't really have the ability to shift other people to shift as much to people able to work at home, different things like that. Are those issues going to be the things that stick in people's memories? And so I did notice one notable pivot that DoorDash made in their operations. And this was kind of interesting. 
I don't know if it's good or bad, but personally, I prefer it over how it was. You know, recently DoorDash, they more or less did away with their scheduling. Till a couple of weeks ago, only so many people could log into a delivery zone at one time. And once upon a time, it was capped. You know, you could only have so many people in any particular area at any particular time. More recently now, you can just go anywhere and you can just dash, click dash now and you can go available. It's like it's never grayed out. I think that's got its good and its bad. Now, personally, I've always disliked DoorDash's microzones, how they have kind of these sub-regions where Uber Eats, Grubhub, Postmates, they've got your market and you can go pretty much anywhere in that market or in that region. But DoorDash kind of drills down into smaller regions and uh, I've never liked it because if you've got a delivery that takes you out of the zone, that creates issues. If you're delivering for multiple places, you're kind of going in and out of them, things like that. So honestly, I like this better where I can just go, go available, go unavailable whenever I want to. But the flip side is, you know, that previous setup that they had protected against oversaturating the zone too much with drivers. And, and this is where DoorDash was definitely better than Postmates and Uber Eats is that you didn't get as saturated with drivers as you get, especially with those two. And with those two, sometimes it's just an absolute free for all, you know. And uh, I had that, you know, one guy tell me that uh, from Uber Eats that he had talked to somebody at Sport recently that they told him that there were, yeah, like a 600 drivers logged in and only 300 orders. And that's where you start to have some problems with some of those if you're not protecting against that. So it's good and bad. And uh, I don't know why DoorDash made the change for sure. They started this kind of with when they introduced Top Dasher. You know, that you you meet these statistics and then people that meet this top dasher could just go available anywhere, anytime. And maybe it's just that it worked well enough that it didn't create the problems they were worried about and said, we're just going to open it up to everybody. Maybe it was just that by capping the number of people, if they underestimate how many orders they're going to need, um, that they have a harder time getting orders covered. You know, and the problem with those micro zones or those sub regions is they have to not only be good at predicting how much demand there is for the total market, but for each single zone. And that can really create some issues. So maybe, maybe that's just kind of part of the move that they're going to maybe do away with these sub zones. I don't know. But uh, personally, I think more than anything, I like it more than I dislike it on that change. So that was DoorDash. Let's talk about Grubhub. In my opinion, They've been the worst of the bunch as far as everything going on with this. Now, I will start off with something good. I will say that operationally, they may be doing the best job of anybody as far as keeping up with this new demand or anything like that. Um, I haven't experienced and I haven't heard of other people experiencing the app issues on Grubhub to the extent that I've seen with the others. Of course, DoorDash is the worst of it. Uber Eats, I've seen a few little glitches that are kind of unusual in my experience with them. I haven't seen as much with Uber Eats in the past, but um, Grubhub has been steady. And from what I've experienced, I think Grubhub's done the best job as far as pivoting with their support and making sure that people can still get through to support. Uh, I haven't seen it actually get worse than I think I've seen it with other places. I'm usually able to get through to somebody pretty quickly when I need to get through to somebody. So I think that they've always had the most stable app and maybe it's better designed to handle the increase in volume, or maybe they lost so much volume that they're just back to where they were back when they were leading everything. I don't know. 
But I think Grubhub's handling of this from a PR standpoint has been kind of a cluster for them. I honestly think that Grubhub could end up being in the most trouble as far as how they fare after all this is over with. And, and it's been kind of a chain of things that has happened. You know, they started out, they were kind of the first ones to really trumpet that, hey, we're going to help restaurants out. You know, we are going to make sure that restaurants are not suffering because of these commission fees and things like that. I thought at the time that when they did that, that they were waiving fees. In fact, I think I criticized DoorDash for not doing the same thing. Only I realized that Grubhub wasn't waiving the fees. They were deferring the fees. In other words, the restaurants still had to pay those fees, but they could just wait a little while to do that. You could put it in another way and just say that the restaurants come out of this with a debt to Grubhub. And oh, by the way, as a thank you for being put into debt, the restaurants then were also obligated for a one-year commitment on their contract. Now, I don't know that Grubhub was really doing anything different than they've always done. I think it's been consistent with their practices and with how they've worked with, with their restaurants in the past. And maybe it's just more that how they do things has been brought to light a little bit more. But their next stumble then was they did this $10 off discount program. They put a lot of pressure on restaurants to participate in this special where they were going to say $10 off on orders that are over $30. You know, and it was a, they made a big deal to customers, hey, we're helping you guys out by giving you $10 off on these orders. I think trying to get people to do more family orders and things like that. But they put a lot of pressure on the restaurants to do this. But what they didn't tell anybody was that they wanted the restaurants to take $10 off, but they, you know, if it's a $30 order, they wanted the restaurant to charge only $20, but still com pay commission based on the $30. Now, they got a lot of pushback on that. So then Grubhub kind of pulls out the, uh, uh, you know, the, the fanfare that, hey, we're helping people out. We're giving restaurants $250. Well, they're paying, giving restaurants to pay two, this $250 to cover those costs of doing this promotion and things like that. And it was because they kind of got caught with their hand in the cookie jar there. And, uh, you know, I heard one guy at a restaurant saying, yeah, they're not helping restaurants that much. I mean, that's, that's not helping restaurants any more than when some guy decides it's not beating his wife some night and saying that's helping her out. You know, I'm not sure Grubhub's quite that extreme, but I can see where the guy was coming from. Now, when the latest thing has been, you've probably seen this, uh, it's, it's been floating around a lot, especially on social media, on Twitter and Facebook and things like that, that, uh, invoices from Grubhub to the restaurants, you know, their statements for what their money was, their earnings and their commissions and everything like that. And probably the real extreme one that's really gotten a lot of attention was, um, that a, uh, pizza place in Chicago that, uh, they had about a thousand dollars in food that was ordered from them for the month. And the restaurant ended up getting $376. Grubhub got all the rest of it. Now, some of that, I think, was some cash back for either, you know, orders that didn't come through, orders that were canceled, or, um, you know, there was an issue, the wrong food, you know, different things like that. So, you know, that always gets deducted from the restaurants. But basically, it was like 65% went to Grubhub. And uh, I don't think it, it's nearly as extreme as that. And I think there were some things that you know, most people don't think about, but you know, the bottom line is what's happened here, whether Grubhub was in the right or in the wrong, Grubhub has all of a sudden kind of taken DoorDash's place as the poster child for bad press for delivery companies. All of a sudden Grubhub has become the villain and 
DoorDash has kind of slipped off to the side a little bit. One last comment I would make on Grubhub, and it has to do with the kind of the promises that they just made recently to drivers. And uh, I did an article on this not that long ago, but Grubhub sent out an email a little while ago saying, hey, we're going to make a bunch of uh, changes here to how we're dispatching. They said, we are going to, uh, you know, instead of uh, having you wait, we're going to wait until the food is almost ready, and then we'll just dispatch it to the closest driver. I don't know about your market, but I'm going to tell you that it hasn't happened yet here. There's nothing that's changed. They're still trying to send me seven miles away. They're still sending me orders at the same moment that the restaurant's getting the order, even if I'm right across the street from the restaurant. Uh, there are still times that uh, I get a Grubhub order, and uh, if I can find one that's uh, close by on uh, DoorDash or Uber Eats, I can go pull off the other order and still get to the restaurant before the food's ready. So nothing has changed here. And in fact, uh, Friday morning, I'll put a link to the show on that. I was on uh, uh, with UDM on his uh, YouTube show uh, with Breakfast with UDM. And uh, he hadn't noticed any changes yet. And he asked his viewers and nobody there had seen any kind of changes yet either. So it's like Grubhub was uh, great at you know, making these promises. But nobody knows where they've rolled them out yet or anything like that. And maybe it's just a very slow, gradual rollout. But that's been kind of the thing is Grubhub making a big deal about, hey, we're helping everybody out. And either they're only helping themselves out or they're not making any changes at all. So that's Grubhub. Last one I want to talk about is Uber Eats. Now, if you had asked me in December or January where I would place them if I was talking about that, I'd expect they'd probably be at the bottom of the list. But I've seen some pretty good things with them lately. Now, the worst thing that I've seen with Uber Eats, it's not so much, um, it's not so much, I think, a, a, a wrong reaction or anything like that to the pandemic as it is maybe amplifying one issue that I get with Uber Eats sometimes. And, uh, and it's an issue that's kind of the, uh, it, it ties in with what I was talking about with DoorDash. And, and the issue with Uber Eats is something that I noticed right when the pandemic was hitting was all of a sudden, I wasn't getting orders as often. Uber Eats has always been real busy in my market. And all of a sudden, I was getting some long waits between orders. And the problem with that is what I had mentioned earlier is that with them, it's kind of a free-for-all. There are no caps on who can log in. And so there are times that your market can get just extremely saturated with drivers. You've got a lot more drivers than you have orders. You know, it was like the, the guy that was told that, hey, yeah, we've got uh, 600 drivers logged in and we've only got 300 orders available out there. And, and that's not an uncommon thing to happen because there's no controls. And um, I don't know that there necessarily should be controls. It's kind of this thing about being an independent contractor. These companies are not supposed to control things. And if they're just treating it like we're businesses and things like that, they probably shouldn't be trying to control that market as far as what drivers are logged in and things like that. If they're going to be consistent with using independent contractors, that's probably a totally different discussion altogether. But the thing is, is that when all of this happened and all of a sudden now people are staying home, they're not going to work, they're not going to the airport. Well, now the Uber and Lyft drivers aren't going anywhere. Well, the Uber drivers have that option to pick up deliveries and a bunch of them started doing it. And I think that was part of the problem is now all of a sudden we had too many people doing Uber Eats and not enough orders. I, you know, 
I think that's the one drawback that would keep me from going a lot more heavy on Uber Eats than, than I am, especially after my, I called it that Uber Eats challenge when I tried all of this stuff. All of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm surprised how well I can do on Uber Eats. The problem is, is that you don't know how steady or consistent those orders are going to be. So that's that's one issue with Uber Eats that I think it's more just the nature of the beast that got amplified during this time. And so Uber Eats has kind of dropped down a little bit. They were kind of catching up with uh, Grubhub for me for a little while. They've kind of dropped down. But one thing I really want to point out, and uh, I really recommend you go to the uh, webpage, uh, to the uh, blog post, because I got a picture there of kind of this progression of the offer screens that I get from Uber Eats. And you can just see, here's the thing that I've noticed since this has happened, uh, since since the whole coronavirus has really started up, that uh, I've seen Uber Eats making some improvements, but they've been doing it quietly. And I give them a lot of credit for that, actually, because I really want to emphasize that quietly. They haven't been doing the fanfare. They didn't do like this big, hey, we're going to make these great changes for you like Grubhub did. It's just kind of like we made the changes. You know, instead of saying they're going to do it and not following through, they just did it. And uh, really actually kind of surprised me with it. And it's like they just kind of rolled out these little changes. And I've been really impressed with them. And so there's a couple of things with this. You know, so the first one is like these changes in the offer screen. So when they changed the pay model, they also finally for the first time started giving you a map as far as where you could go. But the offer screen, all it did was it just told you where the restaurant was or what the restaurant was that you're going to showed you the map. And then it tell you like two minutes, like uh, the first, the first screenshot that I show on that is a restaurant that's two minutes away. But now you can see the map where you're going. That was a huge improvement for Uber Eats. That wasn't part of what I'm talking about here. But then all of a sudden, next thing you know, one day I get, I get an order and it tells me, it gives me an amount and uh, I don't pay attention to the amount on Uber Eats orders. Um, I write about that somewhere else. But it also says 23 minutes total, four and a half miles. And it's 23 minutes total. You know what they're doing? They're telling me how many minutes the total order they're expecting it should take. And my experience so far has been that number has actually been pretty accurate. And the miles, they're telling how many miles. That's something that only DoorDash was doing before. So now you get an estimated minutes for the delivery and miles. That's huge. That's something nobody's doing. All of a sudden, Uber Eats started having the best offer screen. And then they got better. Then they got better. Because then, all of a sudden, the offer screen was also showing cross streets for the customer. So you could see on the map, but... You know, in case you couldn't read the map, because that, that is kind of a problem sometimes with Uber Eats. It's hard to tell where things were. But then all of a sudden now they're showing, you know, oh, that's going to be at 25th and Williams. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, if you know your market, you know where that's at. Now, sometimes those cross streets aren't real helpful. You know, there are like two streets that are parallel to each other. So you still don't know where you're going. But it's still, it's like nobody's doing anything like that. And then the latest iteration has been just this subtle little change. And that has been, now they added some color to their little symbols so that you could better see where they are. And, uh, and, and the other thing I didn't notice until I put these pictures together was, oh, wow, they lightened up the background screen. And so this contrast between your route and everything, it used to be really hard to see all that stuff. So now you can just see a lot more clearly where everything is. It's just been these little changes 
they're little, but they're huge. And then the latest thing has been, I just noticed this last night. You know, I get in the little inbox in the app. You used to get all these all the time. You'd say, oh, you received a tip. And it used to be kind of annoying because if there were any messages that you're supposed to be getting in the middle of that, sometimes they get lost between all these things that you received a tip. That disappeared for a little while. And then all of a sudden it showed up again. Well, when I open it up and I look at it, there's a little blue button that says, oh, and uh, say thank you. You can tap that button and it just sends a little thank you message for the tip. You get a chance to thank the customer for the tip. Now, you can't give your own message, and that's probably a good thing because I know enough drivers that uh, that would be a really dumb thing to give them the chance to actually say something. Now, I think it'd be cool if they could come up with maybe, you know, you could choose from, you know, like five different little messages or something like that. But I still think it's pretty cool that you could just tap that and say thank you. And then the customer just gets a little note that says, oh, your customer said thank you or your driver said thank you. I think it's awesome. I think it's a great idea because Uber Eats has always had a problem with tipping. And it's only been in the last year they've been really trying to emphasize getting the customers to tip. I think that's kind of in conjunction with them lowering the payout fees because they realize they can pay us less if they can get the customers to tip more. But that's just, you know, it's just these little things that they're doing. And it's just they're rolling them out. They're not making fanfare or anything like that. They're just improving things. And I think that's cool. I, I give them a lot of credit for that. Let me wrap this up because I went a little longer than I thought I would, and I don't want to go back and re-record this. So my final thoughts in it. It's kind of like Uber Eats and Grubhub. I'm seeing two very opposites in how they're acting on the one side. And maybe this just has to do with my opinions. It's this confirmation bias. I already have these opinions about how Grubhub does things. And so I'm just going to see more of what I already see, you know, and maybe I'm missing some things because of that. Very possible. That's why I want to hear from you because maybe your experience is something different. Maybe you're noticing things I'm not that are better about Grubhub. Maybe you're noticing some real problems lately with Uber Eats that I'm not noticing. But you know, it's funny. I just, I see Grubhub doing all this fanfare and they make a big deal about, hey, these are the good things they're doing and they're not doing it. And then I see on the other side, Uber Eats doesn't tell us anything. It's just all of a sudden, boom, hey, there's another improvement. Oh, that's awesome. And it's just, it's just crazy how opposite those two are from each other. And then in the middle, you got DoorDash. They're just kind of bumbling along with their app crashes and their lack of support. And, and, uh, I don't know that they're really doing anything better or worse, but it's just more, it's like all of their problems that they've already got being amplified by what's going on here. I don't know what any of this means going forward. Like I said, maybe it's confirmation bias, but you know, I do like to think that I'm open though. You know, I took a shot. Everybody was saying how bad Postmates was, and I wanted to give them a shot. And I found that they were actually paying a lot better than a lot of people were making it out to be when you're doing a good job in deciding what you're doing. And, um, you know, there are other reasons that I decided I'm, I'm done with Postmates. But at the same time, I had all pretty much given up on Uber Eats to the same extent that I have now with Postmates. I didn't deliver enough last year of all of last year to get a 1099 from them as a full-time driver. And so I was very skeptical about the new changes that they were making and everything. But, you know, and here's the thing. I know Uber, Uber as a company has its problems, but I don't know. You know, I really wonder if Uber Eats won't end up coming out looking a lot better when all the dust settles on all this. Because here's the deal. Customers and restaurants are noticing the bad press with Grubhub. 
I don't know if Grubhub is really any worse than any of the rest of them and how they're acting, but they're getting noticed. And Grubhub's already kind of in a free fall as far as their uh, market share, different things like that. And so is this just going to accelerate that? Is this going to be a disaster for Grubhub? And at the same time, Grubhub's better off than the others, I think, operationally. And so that's a good thing. Dispatch-wise, they're not. Getting orders done on time, not necessarily. But not having the operational problems that especially the DoorDash is having and slightly to a lesser extent Uber Eats. At the same time, you wonder how many times does DoorDash have to go through crashes and support issues before customers just say, all right, that's it. I've had enough. And like I said, it's not that Uber as a company doesn't have issues. They've got more than enough. They've got some problems and and just a lot of different things. There are some things I don't like, but in the end... Maybe it's just that they haven't shot themselves in the foot as much as the others right now. So I don't know. I'd love to hear your experience on this. I'd love to hear your thoughts as far as who's gotten better. What about Postmates? What what do you see if you deliver any Postmates? Is there anybody else that you've just seen like all of a sudden has really kind of floated to the top? You know what I'm saying? Or sunk to the bottom. Maybe you see things completely opposite. I would love to hear from you. Folks, that's, that's going to do it today, and I've gone a lot longer than I wanted to. Um, I, I hope I didn't keep you too long or anything like that. But I do want to thank you for being here, for listening this far into it. If you listened this far, maybe it wasn't too bad. But, uh, folks, let me just ask this question as I do at the end of most of these episodes, and that is, how much has this website helped you? Um, if it has, can you share us? Can you let people know so that we can help other people? And in the meantime, folks, the main thing that I want to ask you is, please, take control. Take control of what you're doing. Don't let this virus, don't let these companies control you, but you take control. You go out there and be the boss. 